I come to you live every Friday, Thursday, 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 usually a little bit earlier than this, but today I'm doing it at this time. And I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the difference between legitimate and illegitimate racial re uh, resentment. Because people say, I mean, I mean, you can't talk like this to white people because they won't join with us and, and have solidarity with us if you talk like this. And that's a little bit true, but only because we haven't appropriately worked on their cultural formation yet. When you take them into cultural receivership, fix the way they think about gender and churches and, and all of these other things and education and schools, and uh, then they will be ready to be good allies to us because they won't sell us out. Because right now, they don't have, they're not quite made up of the right material to, to take real allyship um, in terms of racial justice forward. So, uh, but let's talk a little bit about the difference between legitimate and illegitimate racial resentment, right? So there's a kind of politics that says like, well, you know, racism is systemic. And that means you can't, it's not about subjective attitudes. And it's not even about what's explicitly written in policy. It's about the functioning of all of these. So we've figured out a way to melt racial uh, racism into the functioning of all of these policies and institutions. The problem is, if you take that notion that um, it can just be melted into the functioning of all of these institutions, but isn't intelligibly articulated in any of them or can't even be intelligibly articulated when you conceive of the function of all of them, then what happens is you can just say like, well, you know, I can tell there's racism by the outcomes. And there are some horrible outcomes that tell you that, yes, there is racism. But if you design policy that's just targeted towards fixing the outcomes without looking at the processes uh, through which the institutional processes through which these outcomes are achieved and where the real defect is in our conception of self-realization, you'll end up um, saying that like, look, I'm going to have a, pro a policy that's going to produce certain, a certain outcome. Other people will have different policies that will be justified by recourse to these policies as an institution of freedom, right? Like they'll say like, I can give reasons for these policies as institutions of freedom. And you'll say that like, well, I can't give reasons for any of these policies. I can just give you a probability that if we do these policies, it'll fix these outcomes. So one side has reasons for their policies, but unjust outcomes. The other one says you can't have reasons and you'll only have uh, just outcomes, right? And so the side with the reasons and the unjust outcomes is going to be appropriately resentful because in the project of uh, deliberative self-governance, we have to talk about and work through our institutions of freedom, right? And so the, like your reasons um, for your policies have to be intelligible. They can't just be outcome driven because you can have the right outcomes with the wrong institutions. You can have authoritarians can promote the right outcomes. I, I talk to leftists about this uh, all the time. And, and I tell them like, look, you don't, you need actual policy and process solutions. You can't just say like, we want healthcare because if you have an authoritarian government that gives you healthcare, you're not going to have the arguments to be able to deny that. You're not going to have the arguments. You're just not going to be equipped to be able to account for why that's not good enough. Right? So if you don't have the arguments in order to be able to account for why that's not good enough, then you're going to be in a situation. 
And I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to hit the beat, and then I think I'm going to fix some audio things. To the beat, y'all. For the world or the government If it was a president Then I would state facts You leave it up to me I paint the White House Black and ain't no future In your front And I am back So What was the, the point? So If you have an outcome-based politics That's You can't give reasons for You can only point to the outcomes You're, You can't uh, justify why we should institute these policies um, as institutions of self-government over the other person's conception of property or their conception of, uh, you know, church or family or anything else. They have reasons, right, as a realization of freedom. All you have are outcomes that are probabilistic, right? Because when you, when you just do outcome politics, you're just, you pretty much seated political judgment over to technical experts whose job is is to like um uh, create certain outcomes by any means possible when you're actually doing political work the means matters because the means has to be itself an institution of freedom um governing itself has to be an institution of freedom so uh, operating like activities in civil society themselves have to be institution of freedom they just can't be means for something else Right? So when we're governing these institutions, we need to intelligibly understand them as institutions of freedom, not just institutions that produce certain outcomes. Because what you're going to do is going, you're going to end up um, uh, creating legitimate resentment among the people who have reasons for their particular policy choices. Um, and all you've done is say that, well, you know, racism systemic. I can't give you any reasons. I can only point to outcomes. Right? So that's what happens when you melt racism into a functioning of institutions that are in an unintelligible way. You're saying that governing can't have intelligibility. It can only uh, be tested and have outcomes. We've turned it into an empirical science. So don't expect me to justify my policies in terms of you know, freedom or self-realization. I'll be able to justify them in terms of outcomes. And that's a problem because other people will be able to justify their problems and their, their solutions in terms of like the realization of freedom. So what you have to do is actually work through the process, find through intelligibly where the defect is in the realization of freedom in the process and point to that and say that like, no, this is the reason why this is where the racism is. This is the reason why this is what needs to change. And so the outcomes will be different if we change this thing in the process. But if you just do outcomes politics, you won't be talking about process. And the people who will be talking about process and justifying every step of the way in the process will have a leg up. Now there's an analog to this just in um, general argumentative thinking, right? There's some people who think that like, well, you know, if I don't like the argument, then I can just argue against a conclusion, right? Because, you know, in arguing, you'll have premises, and premises will all support a conclusion. And, like, bad arguers, bad thinkers will just argue against a conclusion. I don't like the conclusion, so I'm going to argue against it. What you should be able to do is not just argue against a conclusion. That's almost irrelevant. You should be able to either tell me why one of the premises is untrue, or, if the premises are all true, why the premises can be true but not lead to the conclusion. 
if you just argue for the, if you just argue against a conclusion, what you're doing is creating a dilemma. Nobody wins, um, and you haven't really negated the other person's argument. But if you tell me that, like, if you say that, like, no, the, what you're assuming, for example, that inherited wealth isn't real wealth, or it doesn't matter, um, that's not true. And then you point to data that says, like, actually, you know, inherited wealth is like a lot of money, and there's a lot of racialized wealth that comes from the like, like, like a quarter of it comes from the Homestead Acts. Um, a quarter of white wealth can be traced down to the Homestead Acts, and and like. And uh, there are reasons why we need reparations. It's not just to fix the outcomes, but because there's the inequality was unjustly gained, and it still has like effective um, constituents that we need to redress. Right. So if you can point to the problem and the reasoning, you're not just arguing against a conclusion, right? Because if you're just arguing against a conclusion, but you're not actually invalidating their argument, they're going to be resentful because there they are trying to do reason self-governance, and you're just pointing, um, they're trying to do the Lord's work, reason self-governance. Oh, the audio sounds like I'm in a tunnel. Oof. All right, let me, let me see what I can do. How's that? Better? Better? Yes? Better? Yes? Better? No? Yes? No? Yes? No? Maybe so? Better? Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we'll do with that, okay? We'll, we'll do. Yeah. All right. Good. Better. All right. So what we're trying to... Uh, so you can turn it up even more. All right. We're going to try that. And, and that's just going to be what I do for now. All right. So what we can, where was I? All right. So a bad argument just attacks uh, your opponent's conclusion. I'll say this again. A bad argument just attacks your opponent's conclusion, right? A good argument's not going to just look at the conclusion. It's going to look at the reasoning that supports the conclusion. It's going to say, well, actually, your premise is untrue. Or all of your premises are true, but they don't flow like you're trying, like you're telling me to, to um, uh, that, that you think that they don't flow like you think they flow. They flow a different way, right? So a bad argument just addresses the conclusion. A good argument addresses the reasoning for the conclusion. And if you don't address the reasoning for the conclusion, you're going to um, generate a quality of resentment that's not easy to get away from, right? You're going to generate a quality of resentment that's not easy to get away from because the other people are going to still be justified in an intelligible way. So if you have outcome politics that just, if you have outcome politics that just addresses the uh, policy and the conclusion to make better, more equitable racial outcomes, but it doesn't address the justification for the um, uh, unequal outcomes, then you're going, to, you're going to generate resentment, a quality of resentment that's not easy to, to um, escape. So if you're going to do this right, you can't just say, well, racism systemic and melt it into the system and have it be the case that you can't give reasons for your policy. And you can't, um, more importantly, you can't, uh, uh, invalidate the reasons for the other policy. Like, for example, this is why affirmative action also uh, often gets a bad rep. 
because people are like, well, you know, why should we just like have quotas and everything like that? Well, because we haven't actually made the argument about why uh, the current distribution is ill-gotten. If you make the argument about why the current distribution is ill-gotten, and you talk about the GI Bill and the racialized housing and uh, the, the racialized occupational sector, then you can make the argument for affirmative action. But if you just start with like, well, black people are cut out of these positions, so we need to get them in these positions, so let's just shoehorn them in, that's going to create a justified resentment. Right? So what the... What the argument for against critical race theory is doing is actually undercutting the reasons for the quality of policies we need in order to be made whole. I'll say this again. What the arguments against critical race theory are doing are they trying to they are trying to undercut the reasons that will support the quality of policies black people need in order to be made whole. So um Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a very important point because you can't just say racism is systemic and then use that as a, um, uh, a a cudgel and for why people won't have um, reasons for the policy prescriptions that we need. Instead, you need to say racism is systemic. Here's where the system fails at this level, at this level, at this level, at this level. This is where it's failed historically and that how the, uh, the, uh, the illness is still like with us. And that is why we need the redress. All right. So you'll get legitimate racial resentment if you don't give the reasons in a way that invalidates the current distribution and the current policies. And so, like, you know, you watch, you watch, you know, folks like me or Vet or Tone or other, the other, like, lots of people read Sandy Darius's book. And in order to find, you want to say hi to the people? Right. So in order to find um, not just better policy solutions, but reasons for the policies and reasons that will invalidate um, the current reasons for the current policies. You don't just want to invalidate the current policy. You, you don't just want to say, like, I don't like the current policies. Um, and without invalidating the reasoning that undergirds and supports the current policies. But, so you have to undercut them. This is like, a lot of my channel is teaching you how to work the body. Right? Like, people want reparations, but if you do that, um, uh, and if you should want reparations, then we're going to get it. But you do that, you're going to have to work the body. You're going to have to go after the way white people think of church, the way white people think of family, the way white people think of uh, property, the way the white people think of whiteness and gender. And all of that is because all of those institutions are predicated on black degradation. Right? So you just can't have justice. Like there's this idea, and this is an idea that's actually very popular among the quote-unquote right populace the right populace think that like we can have good things and workers can have good things but not change anything about white culture and i say that no because as soon as workers have good things that means black workers have good things and that means they're going to want to assert some cultural power and a lot of white cultures exists with the understanding that black people will not exert cultural power um, and that is so, and so until you actually change, 
those white cultural affects, then black people will never be free. So I'm saying that, no, we have to actually like work the white church, work the white family, work the white gender, work white ideas of property rights. You have to actually undercut, undermine those institutions that they think are freedom, but actually those institutions in the way that they uphold a quality of racial degradation for black people that's not consistent with making us whole. Right? So I hope uh, this has been helpful. Yeah, the means must match the ends. That's, that's Clorox Bleach said that. Yeah, the means must match the ends. You have to undercut their arguments and then push your policies. If you just push your policies based on the outcomes, that's gonna, you're going to end up with justified resentment. You're going to end up with, resent, with resentment anyway. There's no way to do this without ending up with resentment. But there's one resentment that will be able to uh, sustain scrutiny. And then they will, uh, there's going to be a quality of resentment that will not sustain scrutiny. There's one resent there's one kind of resentment that's actually like that's the resentment out of like the problems with uh, democratic self government and like the way outcome politics tries to run an end around around the issue of democratic self governance and then there's a quality of resentment that's just like well I just liked what I had before even if I realize now it was unjustifiable right. So we're going to get resentment anyway. One's going to be legitimate. The other one's going to be illegitimate. Watch this channel, you know, do some reading in order to figure out that. Um, yeah, yeah. Watch this channel, do some reading and uh, in order to figure out like how to undercut and undermine the premises of that would support the arguments that are keeping us in a degraded condition. So thank you for your time. By the way, if you like anything I'm doing, go ahead and kick in $5, 15 or $50 a month at the www.funkyacademic.com. And I will keep doing what I'm doing because I believe in the uplift of our peephole. So uh, thank you for your time. And I will see you next week. Bye. Probably before that. Oh, I have a special. So I, um, I um, Crystal's coming on. Crystal Ball is coming on my show on Monday. About 2-ish Eastern time, a little bit earlier Pacific time. So about 2.15, I'm going to be interviewing Crystal Ball. It'll be live. It'll be hilarious. Uh, if you don't know Crystal, I'm kind of friends. She's cool, right? So she has me on her show Breaking Points. And before, she had me on her show Hill. Hill. I got her in some hot water with some of her producers, but yet she kept having me on. So, you know, she's one of the good ones. That's what an ally looks like. An ally is one of those people who allows you to get in hot water um, and still keeps having you on because they're interested in your mind. Right, so Crystal's coming on my show. I was—it's uh, funny because when I'm on their show, I always just treat it like it's the last time I'll ever be able to be on their show, on Breaking Points, um, because you know, someone might say something or I don't know. Um, and so there's this adage: "Act like you've always been there," or "Act like you've been there before." I go the other way. I act like I'm never going back. But when she comes on my show, I'll, I can be relaxed and like you know, uh, it'll be a different a different vibe. So. Check out on Monday, 2.15 uh, is here, and uh, I'll be interviewing Crystal Ball, and we're going to have a good time. She's going to explain to me some things um, about things. <laughs> I'm going to get her on all of the things. She's going to be on my turf. I'll be a polite host, but like, you know, also a responsible interviewer.
Thank you for your time. And I will see you next Monday. Monday, Monday.